0: Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com.
1: Santa Bucks are back at Meijer. Now through Saturday, you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love. Like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just $199.99. Or a fur real Mama Josie the Kangaroo for $49.99. And Meyer is now offering free pickup on orders of $50 or more. So we do the shopping and save you time during this busy holiday season. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. I'm Allie J. And I'm Crystal O. And welcome to Not Your Token Black Girl, where we recover from spreading black girl magic wherever we go. From careers and cocktails to men and mental health, we're breaking it all down on what it means to wear the token crown.
0: So if you've ever said, I'm not your token, fill in the blank, then this podcast is for you. A fun and witty show that's a little bit shady, but 100% true. It's Saturday brunch combo with the girls in a quick 20
1: minutes. Now let's get started. On today's episode of Not Your Token Black Girl, we're discussing the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. You know, I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) I am on like my 30 millionth business. Um, This is my second HR business. I had a dance studio. I've had, I've worked in my family's business. I won't get into the long list of businesses I've had, (laughs) built, sold, bombed, made successful, walked away. Like, I just think that's the life of an entrepreneur is a roller coaster. Uh, And I I just feel like in all honesty, your road has been, at least it seems to me, a lot smoother than mine.
0: It hasn't. And I think that's why when we said we were going to talk about like the dark side of entrepreneurship, it's so important to talk about how every, the perception is that like, oh, your business is going so smooth. It looks so good. Like, because you know when I see you and we talk about stuff, I'm like, girl, it looks like you was killing the game. And you be like, I'm stressed. I'm <laughs> like, so stressed. I'm sick of this. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we look at each other's businesses and we look at the outside, but nobody ever talks about like, I'm crying a lot. Like, I cry. I can tell you the beginning of the year. I was crying a lot because I was very stressed when Corona hit a lot of my campaigns canceled, like clients were leaving. And even if it's not a year of Corona, like being an entrepreneur is stressful, you
1: know? Yeah, Yeah, it definitely is. Like I, I, I've said this a lot, like on my blog and on my IG that I think um, as entrepreneurs, we have a responsibility to tell the whole truth. And mm -hmm. so often especially when we see the billionaires coming out of the, the tech industry like Facebook and Snapchat. And you know, you see all of these successful um, entrepreneurs and in other areas as well. Um, entrepreneurship is hot and trendy and cool, especially with millennials. And often we cast a spotlight on the glamorous side of it. Um, so, shiny. so often we don't shine enough of a spotlight on the struggle, and as close as you and I are, um, I don't know, you know, all, I haven't known all of your struggles with entrepreneurship, and, and you haven't known all of mine, but I will admit that it has caught, it did throw me into very deep depression, um, yeah. and that was something that I really struggled with for a long time, the guilt of having depression directly tied to um, my life as an entrepreneur, but at the same time, it's almost like a drug. You either have the, uh, you crave the adrenaline, rough, uh, the adrenaline rush of entrepreneurship, but it can bring you crazy, crazy highs and bring you dangerously low. And I think for me, um, I had to come to a point to where I wasn't ashamed Um, those close to me knew what I was going through, but I had to come to a realization that I am not doing anyone that follows my journey, anyone that's rooting me along any service by just showing them the good side. If they signed up to go along with me on this journey, they needed to know holistically how I was doing. And when you are an entrepreneur, often that comes with carrying the burden of providing food and shelter for other people, your employees. Um, and the type of leader I am, I care so deeply on a personal level about the people that I employ, um, that I took it personally, um, when we didn't close deals because I knew, okay, if we don't close more deals, that means layoffs or, you know, reduction in hours. And, um, it really hit me hard because I wasn't able to look at them as a number on my, you know, payroll or my spreadsheets, I was looking at them as a person, as the family I would be impacting. So it is, it is heavy. Oftentimes people glamorize it, but it is um, significant weight that comes with the job of an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important too, to throw out some of the stats, right? Like 20% of small businesses, over 20% fail within the first year. Right. So that, you know, as I start businesses and I, I consider myself somewhat of a serial entrepreneur as well this last venture that's lasted over the last two and a half years kind of it it, I was kind of pushed into starting a business for the last one but the ones before I can honestly say and you know I'll be just up front with it I got bored you know and I think that's like one of the struggles with being an entrepreneur right is like there's a continuous grind and you have to be passionate and a lot of people don't talk about that part of it either that's another dark side like you struggle with having to employ people and controlling people's livelihood. I have opted to be a solopreneur. Like I have just like really, you know, I like working with other solopreneurs. That's my style of work where it's like, Hey, let's, let's partner and do mutually beneficial things where I don't control you. You have no control of me. Like I like to empower people to do their own thing, but let's yeah. work together to, to, to make money. Right. Um, but my biggest thing has always been like, I have a billion ideas at all moments and I want to do every single one of the ideas. And so this, you know, the business that I do now, I've stuck to the longest. Um, but the ones before that, that was the thing. I just got bored. That was the dark side. Is like starting a business. <laughs> you got to keep trucking. Like yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, you raise a really good point that, you know, I'll, take, for example, um, my staffing business. Um, I, I blame it on COVID as to why that's, you know, tanked. Um, but really that's a cop-out. I lost passion. I lost passion for the business. I lost passion for fighting another day for a business that I had been in the trenches with for almost four years, three and a half years. Um, and I think so often um, entrepreneurs are treated like moms and black women. We get rooted on like, oh, you're so strong. You can do it. I want to be like you. Everyone wants to be like black women. Black Girl Magic. Um, yeah. You know, it's all about moms. Make t- sure you have take self-care and all of this stuff because we are doing the work of superheroes. That's the same thing with entrepreneurs. And so I blamed COVID in part because I was afraid of what people would think of me by bowing out of my own business. Um, and I'm, that's still something that I wrestle with. Um, because you've got to have passion coming out of your ears for the business you're doing, because most likely you won't be doing what you thought you would be doing. I started a staffing firm because I loved recruiting. I hardly recruited. I had a team that recruited, I had a team for business development. I was overseeing legal contracts and making sure payroll was running smoothly and managing operations and strategy and clients. And I was doing everything, but what I loved. And I think that's why ultimately I was like, like you said, COVID is a blessing. I don't like what I'm doing because I'm not doing what I love, which is recruiting and growing recruiters into leaders. Cause I was too busy doing everything else. And
0: that's the, that's the part about entrepreneurship is, you know, you start these businesses, you feel passionate about it, but you forget that there is a lot of logistics. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I talked to you about today? The thing that happened with one of my influencers, like yeah. that's one of the downsides of working for yourself is there's not a lot of, there's no really no one. I I'd call Albert and I call one of my business partners, but like other than them, like when I feel those stresses or, when something comes down, it comes on me. And yeah. it's, you know, it is a lot. It's really s- stressful. Like, I definitely drank wine today, even though Heck I yeah. said that I was working on not drinking as much wine until the weekend. I have the new
1: there's a box wine that my girlfriend Kamika introduced me to. It's like four bottles of wine in a box that costs like maybe 20 bucks. That sounds really like nice. what I've drank in
0: college. What is that? What's it called?
1: Hold on. I'm going to find it and let you know. But Okay, I, yeah. Tell me. You have to tell me it. Absolutely. Obsessed.
0: Really? Uh, it is
1: called Nighthawk Black.
0: And Night I get the Black. rich
1: red wine blend. It stays fresh for 30 days. Sheesh. Get it. Change your life. Okay, it I have to I don't care what entrepreneurs say. We all have our vices. I have talked to entrepreneurs who have been six months in the game, 60 years in the game. Most of them have a drinking problem or (laughs) a substance problem or something. Because like you said, our brains are always working. I know you and I tossed out a wine idea. Yeah. Shirts. Like I know in college we were talking about a nail opening a nail shop. You girl, we talked about so many dance cheer studios. Yes,
0: like, girl, I started never doing so many things. I started making avocado pops. I done made wall fixtures. I became a designer. You know, I started building a tiny home on my property because I think that I am chipping Joanna. Like
1: uh, the madness. but yeah. that is so indicative of an entrepreneur. Yeah. For people listening to this, if you don't have that entrepreneurial bug. No, for those of you that are listening that do have an entrepreneurial bug, you know exactly what the hell we're talking about. For those of you who don't have that bug, imagine your internet browser has like 50 million tabs open at all times. I can be grabbing my groceries and think, oh my gosh, I could open a grocery store that's just for the elderly and it will protect them from COVID. How long would it take me to get off the ground? Who are my contacts? Girl. Well, actually maybe <laughs> I don't want to do that. Maybe I want And then you
0: get to call in and email in. You're call like, oh. in
1: and you're like my network is like Crystal, not another one of your crazy ideas. But yeah. what drives the madness is I just need to hit one crazy idea that sticks yeah. and I have set my family up for life for generations Yeah. and you get highs, at least I do when I have sold companies and I get that lump sum of money, I'm like, yes, like we can pay off our home. We can fund Arias' college fund. We are just sitting on this large amount of money. And then I do it again and again and again. And sometimes I bomb and sometimes I'm like, that was seriously lucrative, thank you. But yep. you keep grinding because you're like, it only takes one. Could it be me and Alex's wine idea? Could be. Could it be the grocery store? I don't my know. My girl Magic is doing something magical. I've been buying that at the store. Look, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the drug and addiction part. Like you're fueled yeah. by the highs and the lows. But what ultimately drives you, at least for me, is I just need one crazy idea to stick
0: girl who are you telling and to not get bored I think that's the secret that's thing Because like my business is fine right but I it's these days where I'm like oh I want to do something else like I want to be I want to be like a ski instructor you know like my brain starts I'm like, Ooh, I want to open a cheer gym like I haven't got to cheer in a long time you know it's like all these different ideas so getting in there and like the it can be a great idea but we have to like stay consistent. And that's the part that people forget is it looks so glamorous because everybody shows the shiny parts. Like everybody's like, oh, I started a business. It's so great. But it's like, no, like it's a lot of work. Like the logistics take the fun out of it. Like it starts off so fun and then everything becomes like taxes and and paying people and contracts and legalities and the possibility of being sued. It's like, there's so many things that go with it. And you know, I forgot to bring up this stat before, but black women are opening businesses at a higher rate.
1: Absolutely we are. um
0: today, right? Like the most entrepreneurship, but are earning lower than every every woman, like all women. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I look at and I'm like, why is that? Like, is there a way that we can all just like come together like make a meeting together that's like my grand idea at this point i'm like i just want to partner like me and you of course are best friends so we partner and talk about business ideas all the time but where are the other black women that are like hey we there's no competitiveness here let's just work together and let's build something that is the google for black women you know what i'm saying like that's what i want to do like i care so much about collaboration um that I'm, I have a ideation meeting with one of my friends every Thursday. She, I've worked with her in nonprofit, but now she owns a business and mm-hmm. I'm always just like, girl, what's our idea? Like, I got another friend. Uh, we can find another friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, yes, see. What are we doing
1: to get to the next level? Together. And I think, <laughs> I think black women are opening businesses at the rate we are opening businesses because we all we got. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. when the nation needs saving, when someone needs saving, it's black women, but who are mm-hmm. who's there to save us? It's usually another black woman. Um, yeah. So I, I am encouraged to see that. And I'm encouraged by the records we're breaking because it shows that we can go build someone else's dream or we can do it for ourselves to make sure that um, us and our children We'll always have what we need. But on the flip side, I am disheartened by that stat that we make less. And I'd be curious to dive into that. Um, If women suffer from something I just learned earlier this week that I suffer from um, is... Imposter syndrome? It is imposter syndrome, but it's specifically around once you have made it. Um, and I don't think I'll ever make it, but the, in my opinion, that's just the hustler in me. But I set out a goal um, when I first started my staffing agency and said, okay, mm-hmm. if I make this amount of money, yeah. I would have made it. And I made it earlier yeah. this year. And now I'm like, do I deserve it? Should that's I just Imposter go for syndrome. That's literally clothes? what it is. So and I don't see. I can see a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I feel like. I don't know. It's quantifiable, you know. Imposter syndrome to oh. me is qualitative. Like, am okay. I good enough? Am I smart enough to be educating? And you're
0: else? putting numbers to
1: this. Like, I'm putting numbers on okay. it, so it's very black and white. I set out to make ten dollars. I made twelve dollars in April. Mm -hmm. why am I now saying do you deserve it are you good enough you know so I'm wondering if in black women not making enough are they not demanding what they are worth when they're going in and negotiating contracts are they reinvesting what should be theirs and what's rightfully theirs back into the business so they're not taking home what they should be taking home I'd be curious to to break that fact or that stat down
0: yeah, so the, you know, one of the things that, you know, the research says, I guess, the research is that Black women typically start companies that are low barrier to entry, like, you know, hair salons or um, daycares, like that sort of thing. So they don't generate, I think the average that Black, they say the average of Black women are generating, is under 30K right a year like a year for their business like and a lot of the times they're also they're they're starting side hustles because Mm -hmm. they're supplemental but they're still entrepreneurs but they're like those are their side hustles Mm -hmm. they're making less than 30k because they're starting these small side hustles and they don't have the capital right that's another reason it's like black women aren't getting the funds a lot of times they're just using their own savings their own resources So that was another thing. Um, And then I found this quote. I read this article, which I was so glad we were talking about this because I read this a couple weeks back and I went and found it. But this person said um, basically that. I'm trying to see if I can find it. The gist of it was that we're given very little, but we still make it happen. That was the gist of it. I'll have to post what the actual quote was, but that's the reason, right? I think that's the reason behind it is that we are starting with very little. Like we don't always have the resources, um, the people ahead of us a lot of the times or like our parents or parents' parents or whatever haven't started companies or been entrepreneurs. So we don't have that guidance. Yeah. Um, which that's maybe not our case, but a lot of women that are starting. Yeah, that's their case. And so and then going into funding and having credit issues is another thing um, that black women and really the black community are, are struggling with. It says that men, middle aged men are entrepreneurs that um, start businesses that are likely to stand the test of time or have longevity. Like that was what the stat said, even though black women are creating more businesses at this point. So I thought that was interesting. And I, we have, I'm going to put all these like out there. So we make sure
1: we validate these, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, to anyone listening to this, who's contemplating starting a business or who is an entrepreneur, um, I recommend a good therapist because you will need it. Um Allie and I are two strong black women. Yes, sister. <laughs> we have gone through a lot together. Um, yep. and as individuals. And and that's not to say we're the strongest women in the room, but we aren't weeping willow. Hi, babies. Right. <laughs> Um, and, and this will, this will test you. It's like the presidency only, I guess now 45 with this idiot, 45 Uh, people in history know what it's like to sit in the Oval Office. Um, and you, and most of them have said, you're not prepared for it until you get into it. Um, that's the same with entrepreneurship. So I recommend a good therapist, a good accountability partner outside of your therapist, someone who will say, these were the goals you set out for yourself you're not giving up. Let's hustle.
0: Don't give up.
1: Don't give up. Um, but then on the flip side, knowing when to bow out gracefully, you don't want yeah, to give and up. and I think you're good
0: with that. I think yeah. you did a great job with how you went about it.
1: Yeah. And
0: you've done it a lot. So you're like,
1: <laughs> I'm you about, you do
0: a business, you sell, you like, okay, I'm done. I'm Me, done it's a little different. I'm like, hold no strong. <laughs> yeah,
1: girl. And girl. that's the beauty of having a therapist and an accountability partner. Yeah. They're going to be like, no, you're just having a weak moment. You need to keep going yeah. versus, okay, this is impacting your mental, physical, spiritual well-being. Let's reevaluate, let's move, let's shift some goals. And then if it's still, if, if it is chipping away at your humanity and who you are as a person, then let's talk about an exit strategy. So I say that to say why you need a therapist and a good accountability partner is they're going to be on the outside looking in, but they know you intimately enough to know, okay, you need to keep driving or you need to push the brakes.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. Therapist, accountability partner, mentorship is like, it's pivotal. I think like you you just need a mentor. Um, but those are absolutely the things. Entrepreneurship. It does get dark at times. Like, like I said, I was crying a lot at the beginning of the year and not just because business was hard, just because like you get to the point where you've done a lot of stuff and you're still wanting more and like not knowing why do I not feel like I, like I've accomplished anything when I know I have, you know, like that makes you cry. So I don't know, girl, you know, I've cried to you a lot of times, so you get it. <laughs> and
1: I cry often. Um, yeah. and, and that's also part of the journey. I think validating the emotions that entrepreneurs feel um, is also really important um, and something we should highlight, on you know, on the dark side of entrepreneurship, whatever you're feeling is valid. Um, yeah. The weight and the pressure and the victories and the joy, um, there is no separating work And home, it it all lives together when you become an entrepreneur and you take the emotions of your personal relationships to work and the stress and victories from work into home because it's all on you. And so it's okay to feel those emotions, um, but you also want to be careful not not to wallow in it or let it go on a downward spiral um, without without getting help. Um, Because I think entrepreneurship is the toughest mental battle I've ever had to face tougher than sleepless nights <laughs> um stressing over a child an ex school like just other stressors in life um entrepreneurship no, it's a lot it's a lot but I know
0: it's also because you had like you had so many employees so it's like you're thinking of that audience. I know that's why that's why I've always been so hesitant to hire people and I'm like let's just be partners like you can start your own business and basically work with me like because I'm always scared to be have too much of an effect on other people's livelihood right and that's because I know for myself that was my big thing I don't want someone to have that much control on my livelihood yeah so you know I know when we talked about it that was a bit, that was your biggest stressor. You were like, I care about my people. Yeah. But the way that you, I think it's important to note how you bowed out of that and how you've done that in the past. Like,
1: yeah. So before I just sold it, um, I gave my teams, um, ample notice. Um, and I'm an incredibly transparent leader. I I let them know, look, this is where we're heading with this organization. Mm -hmm um, it's for sale. Um, you know, I of course want to work out where your employment continues with the new owners, but you know, nothing is guaranteed until the ink is dry. Um, sometimes that worked out, sometimes it didn't. Um, but this last time, um, I helped everyone land a new job or ensured, or made sure that everyone landed on their feet, um, before saying, the end scene, curtain drop. Yeah. Um, and in all honesty, I probably won't ever employ um, a large organization ever again. I could see having. No. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I could. Don't employ... say that because I'm going to need you to hire the people for my organization.
1: <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I will help hire people for your organization, but in regards to me having another big organization, it just weighs too heavily on me and it has, uh, you'll hear often like leaders and executives talk about your emotional IQ and, you know, how yes. handle stressors and it's just in my D de- I I care too much and that is both a good thing and my Achilles heel. Um, yes. I can't, That's even not when, I, when I have fired people and I knew they deserved to be fired, It was an easier conversation to be had, but I still felt bad because I left the conversation thinking, are they going to eat tonight? Are they going to eat next week? Where is their rent going to come? And it's been so bad that I have even paid someone's rent who I had to fire. Um, Granted, you're giving out rent checks. (laughs) and I will never do it again. It was this one time Um, but he touched me and I, or he touched my heart. I should say he didn't touch me. Let me just clarify that. He touched my heart. Um, and I had to fire him due to a very unfortunate situation, um, that he was responsible for. Um, but it had nothing to do with performance. Um, it was something that happened in his personal life that I just could not have, um, at my organization. And I, I ended up paying his rent for the next month. So he and his family would not be out on the street. But I, I say all that to say, um, also in, uh, in your pursuit of entrepreneurship, you have to know what's just in you as a person and what you need to you know improve on. I can improve on being more direct with people when I'm giving them feedback. I can improve on not feeling this imposter syndrome. I can improve on... Um, you know, sometimes I become a little too casual with the people I lead because I want to establish rapport. Those are things I can work on, but it's just in me to care and I'm never going to be able to turn that off. So to protect myself and my mental sanity is just best not that I not employ a large workforce. And so I can have yeah. say onesies, twosies, um, but will I it, ever... two, is good. <laughs> two is good, right? But will it ever grow to 30, 40, 50 people again? No, that's i don't see that
0: i feel like using this mic is so trash um your
1: mic is fine
0: <laughs> girl i just got so stressed about it and i was listening but i'm like oh this mic is trash your mic but, is coming through loud and
1: clear hopefully <laughs> like our listeners can. can hear you loud and clear I hope they can hear me Sheesh. they can hear you girl they can hear you but
0: you know what i was gonna say too Like, a large organization, you just have to have people in place to manage it. And I think, like, I think my company hasn't gotten to that point to where I've ever wanted to, like, have that many people that I'm managing. Like, I'm just one of those people, like, I think I do good at everything, so I just want to do everything. And that's
1: also my problem.
0: I've I've learned how to code for myself, okay? Like, because I don't trust people coding my websites. Like I do outreach for myself. Like I can't, I don't trust everybody to do as well as I will do. And that's my problem. That's what I want to improve on is trusting others to help. And that's why I said the solopreneur route where, Hey, this is your business too. Let's be friends. Makes the most (laughs) sense to me. And
1: that I feel like is the way of the future. I really do think it's the way of the future. Um, And at least for me, I am a little bit of a control freak. Um, because I have such a high bar, I am a perfectionist. So if it's buttoned up, if it's not crimson lift Prim, it's not going out the door because my name is on it. My brand is on it. And I will say, I trust everyone that I manage, everyone that I've hired until I'm proven wrong. I trust, but I'm cautious. I want to look it over. I want to make sure that this has the crystal level. Um, and there um, are some people that I've employed, like Brianna, our incredible communications manager, who handles multiple brands for me. Trust mm-hmm. her completely. I don't need to look over what she's doing. She might send me something, but she has, she's always had my trust from day one. But along the way, she earned the. Crystal, you can chill level Brianna. Yeah. I don't have no, to, but she's her clutch. I don't, hell yeah, she's clutch. Get she you really a solid is. communications manager like Brianna and your life will never be the same.
0: Yeah. Like
1: Anyways, don't come poach our communications manager. But anyways, this uh, is such a good conversation. I hope Yay. it was enlightening um, to those of you who aren't entrepreneurs to give you insight into our crazy world. And I hope it was encouraging to those of you who are entrepreneurs and are maybe getting a side hustle off the ground or have a full blown organization like, um, Allie and me. So hit us up on IG, um, and let's keep the conversation going. We'll talk to you next week. This is Ally J and I'm Crystal Lowe and that's it for this week. Be
0: sure to tune in next Sunday at 12 p.m. Central for another episode of Not Your Token Black Girl. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. And follow me at Basic Alley on Instagram.
1: Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at O. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll probably mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn.